Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today is television personality and friend Tyler Cameron. Tyler first received national attention on the 15th season of The Bachelorette starring Hannah Brown, which he was the runner-up of the season. He is a stand-up guy. He is a good person. He's honorable. He's been called a feminist. I find him interesting. I think he's intriguing. I think his looks are the least interesting thing about him. I'm really excited. Now Tyler is joining season two's cast of Special Forces, World's Toughest Test. Make sure to tune in to Fox on Monday, September 25th. This is Just Be with Tyler Cameron. Let's get into it. We've met... Before we met in New York, right after uh, you were on The Bachelorette, and I've read so much about you now that like I felt like I knew you, and I think your book is really good. Like I have to say, you did a great job. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. That was uh, that was a great experience writing the book and and doing that. You know, I uh, you know it, it was it was therapeutic, honestly, to kind of dive into those things. It brought up a lot of conversations that me and my dad needed to have, my brother. So it was really good. So when we met your mom and when you were on the show, your mom was alive and that was something you were struggling with. And I feel like you were talking about it Um, as a viewer. I thought I thought she was going to be okay, And I I wonder if you thought the same thing, like it felt like you turned a corner and then went backwards again. Yeah, well, I mean, she had a brain aneurysm. And and when when they told me that when it happened, it was like, it's probably not, not, nothing's going to bring her back, you know? Um, but they did all the tests and we kind of kept things under wraps for a long time, uh, like probably like three days into it. And then, then things started to come out. So then that's kind of how it all transpired. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it was pretty much, it was such a big aneurysm in her brain that it was like the size of a quarter. They said that there and on the main artery or main. I'm really, so- I'm really sorry. Yeah. So it was, uh, 
That was a tough one. Yeah, I mean, it still is a tough one, I'm sure. And I'm really sorry because I, I, the way that I think of you is family first. That's just how I see you. And I think it hasn't been something that you've, quote unquote, pushed forward. I think it's just who you are, which I think is why people have really connected to you. I think, um, you know, you're a pretty face. You're handsome. You're in great shape. Uh, you're charismatic. You're charming. But I think that and you've had your player past, but you're ultimately a family person. And I, I see that because you're always going home to your family and you're going into Florida in the summer when no one goes to Florida if they don't have to. Although I like it because I love off season. Um, but I just see your connection to your family and the family business. And I, I really I love that part about you. Yeah, no, COVID COVID and, uh, and my mom's passing kind of got me back home and then uh, being home for that much time and. I just feel so much more happier there. I was around my family. I was around my friends. Um, all that stuff to me matters more than really anything. You know, my pops, you know, his, his battles with his health, you know, so it's just important to be around. Um, we do projects together. We have a couple of construction projects going on. Like, so we're always working and doing stuff together. It's fun. I love Jupiter. I'm a homeboy. I'm, I'm just, I'm there now full time, you know, I kind of put New York behind me and I'll go visit when I need to, but Florida. I, I love being in Jupiter. I love being in a small town. I love, you know, uh, like I want to be the high school football coach there one day. It's funny that you say that because I think that people think that when you achieve fame, why would you choose to go back home? Meaning everyone sort of thinks of me as a New Yorker. I also my time in New York City is done, too. Um it's a quality of life thing. It's a choice. It doesn't matter how if all the glitz and glamour and press and red carpet stuff is there, which I don't even enjoy anyway. I feel like how are you spending your life every day? What do you want to do? How do you feel good? Like fame isn't cuddling you at night. Money, money's not cuddling you at night. I, I And listen, you're young. As you get older, I think that'll become even more the case. But I love that you've chosen to be home. So fame has been like an accessory in your life. You don't really... You don't really care about it that much, do you? No, I mean, uh, I think the the most fun I ever have is is doing the stuff with my people I grew up with and my family, you know. So it's like like if I do have some type of activity or thing that fame has brought me, I bring those people with me, you know. Exactly. And so it's always I, I I don't hang like I'm not really in the industry. I don't really hang around those circles. I kind of just do my own thing in Jupiter with my people, and when I get opportunity, I bring them with me. You know, and they probably don't even give a shit. They don't even know really who you are. They couldn't care less. Right. They're the best people to have around you because they'll humble you. They'll tell you when you're right and when you're wrong. You know, they'll they'll they'll, they'll you know, they're the best people to go for advice when. But when I was running around New York or L.A., I was with just a bunch of yes men and running wild, you know, and there was nobody to say, like, yo, Tyler, you chill out. You need you don't need to be doing this, you know. So uh, that really is cliche, but that really did happen to you. Like you really found that everybody was doing that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because they always wanted to go and do whatever was cool in New York or L.A. And, you know, and I was and I was also going in those circles that were filled with those people, you know, so I was kind of following that, too, you know, and then I realized like this isn't very this isn't me. This isn't very fulfilling. Um, like I, I love like my favorite day is just to be on my boat on a Saturday, like, do, you know, get up in the morning, do something, do some type of physical activity and go hang on the boat. With my friends, you know, like that's to me is my perfect day. And then watch it watch you know watch a movie be bed by eight like i don't i don't need to be going out to all these clubs i've done it yeah though. exactly you know? i th i wanna i don't do you know griffin johnson by any chance yeah i, I love griffin he, he looks closer to me now he moved he moved to west palm beach exactly i was gonna say i could see you guys being friends he he cares about like going like alligator 
hunting or swimming or whatever the hell he's doing and he does all that kind of like big truck stuff like he's very down home also very family and very down to earth and also a very attractive successful man that's you know dabbled in the game but really knows his roots and knows who he is that's why i I thought you guys would be i mean he's younger but i thought you guys would be friendly because he's very he reminds me of you yeah we always connected right away i met him i met him like four years ago you know and he was a baby then you Mm -hmm. know uh, but I was just like, I, I liked his values. I liked what he was about. I mean, he was a country boy from, I think, like Indiana or or something like that, or Illinois or something, you know, small town. Yes. He always had those values. And I always appreciated Griffin for that, you know, and he and he's always like, me. I don't, I don't, I don't belong in this circle. In this, you know? Right. But, uh, and, I, and when he got, and I think when he got to Florida, he became so much more happier and healthier. Yeah, exactly. Does it, bo- do you feel defined by your looks? Does that bother you? Do you think, I mean, is that annoying when people try to like make your being a family guy and the, you know you're in construction like make that sort of like like no, a, like a gimmick or like an image? No, nah, because I, for me it's, it's what gets me in the door. You know, then it's up to me to change their perspective. So it's a tool. You know, uh, so if I can use you know if that's what gets me in the door, people you know it's what got me in this world. You know, so but now it's up to me to you know. Open, use my voice and, and, and my actions to change and prove that I'm more than just all that. It's funny because when you were on, I don't know why I watched your season of uh, The Bachelorette. I don't know what, like, I just might have been flipping and then just decided to commit or I was watching with my daughter. And I remember, and I haven't seen so many seasons of it, but I remember saying to a producer friend that I know who worked on Housewives, I said, this guy's got legs. He's going to go all the way. And she said, please, he's about like, you know, like the the rest of them. And she thought you were going to end up in some like bachelor pile. And I was like, no, I think that guy is going all the way. I actually made a bet. I don't, I wish I knew what it was for so I could collect, but I was like, no. And every time I see you doing something amazing, I always say to her, told you that guy was going places i really did i I had a feeling about you uh there was something poised and confident and you handled yourself well it's you know the truth is many people who are attractive are very confident and secure they don't have to there are a lot of guys that i call trick guys who were unattractive in high school never got girls then make a lot of money later and they're dicks because they know they feel like it's not real they don't trust anybody they don't trust women and they are the trickier ones it's sometimes the ones that are like uh you know that there doesn't have to be some some player aspect behind you if that makes any sense like you could be a nice looking smart well-adjusted family man and it could just be what it is yeah credit to to uh i've had a lot of great uh women and friends in my life that, that you know like my mom was probably my closest friend growing up and then my two best friends are are women it's it's molly and katie and so always being around them and always having them around always made me so comfortable but also always made me so protective of them and other women well respecting women too i guess people say look at a, a person's relationship with their mother and you honor your mother and you respect women um which is a big part of it uh so what are you doing for if someone you were next to someone on a plane they said what do you do for a living what would you say you do um i tell them i work in construction and restaurants um you know i i, I try to keep it at that um because i want that part of my life to be what i'm known for now um, you know, all this stuff is added bonus and it's great. And I, I want to keep building on it and TV stuff, but, uh, I want to build like my goal is to build a construction company and a real business and, and really dive into the real estate world. I got some really cool projects happening right now. I got a house for sale in a couple of weeks coming out in um, Florida. 
and Florida. Like a flip? Uh, no, a spec home built uh, ground up. And, okay. Uh, yeah, so that comes on the market in two weeks. And then I'm also in restaurants. You know, I, uh, I just opened up my fourth restaurant on Atlantic Avenue in Delray Beach. Really? Uh, Which ones? Uh, it's called Three Natives. So it's like a health, like a, like a health fast food type uh, chain. Uh, it's really good. smoothies. Also, eat bowls, wrap salads. And uh, it's my fourth one. And I, I love the brand. I love the product. I'm just going to keep rolling with the brand. You st- you invested with them or you started the brand? It's Three Native Floridians. Is that what uh, it is? I started, uh, well, I, I joined as a franchisee, but I had two oh. with the guy who started the company. And then I have two franchises with my other buddy. So they are handling operations and like how it's run. You're you're investing and an ambassador and promoting, etc. Amazing, good for you. I love that. So all in Florida, all in Florida. Yeah, but I want to grow. I want to. I want to. I want to take it out to like college towns. I want to take it to Dallas. Um, those are the markets I want to hit next. So I want to get these ones situated first, and then and then start growing more. Is it the kind of place that works better in a college affordable place or like a wealthy community? Because Atlantic's a wealthy community. Well, we like to say we want, we want to be in communities where, uh, you know, like Atlantic Avenue, like, you know, like the, you know, we want people with either their dad's credit card or the drive of BMWs. We want to be in those communities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
First of all, in all of the things that I was reading about you, I didn't see about that dancing thing that I loved when you did the dirty dancing thing. What was, what was in my mind, and I don't remember what it was, but you reminded me exactly of him. You totally fucking channeled Patrick Swayze. Nobody puts baby in the corner. You did the lift. I need to know what that was because I was obsessed yeah. with that. That was that was so much fun. It was like a little quick thing that came up. My agent said, do you want to do this? And uh, I love the dance. I was I was almost a dance minor in college. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's, let's give this a run. And, uh, you know, the movie's iconic. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we got to go to the hotel where they shot the movie at in Virginia and we got to compete to be the best baby and Johnny. And I was trying to be my best Patrick Swayze. It was, it was so much fun. It was so smart of them to do you. That was so good. Um, and you just finished, I didn't know special forces had a first season. I thought this was the first season. So you just finished the second season of special forces and they're kind of like simulating the military. Yeah. Yep. So they, uh, so the, yeah, they're basically simulating a hell week essentially for like selection for like SAS or, uh, a seals and whatnot. And it's all led by uh staff that was, you know, part of the seals or, or SAS type special forces like that. And, uh, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done, Bethany. I mean, it put me through the ringer. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it was going to be LA, like foo foo Hollywood, right. you know, we'll be eating good foods. We'll be driving around all this stuff. No, they grinded well, us out. And so was it about physical endurance? Because you have more respect for Hannah Brown after doing it. Like, what do you, what, what, what was it about? Like, Survivor seems gnarly. Like, what was it about? It was physical, mental and emotional exhaustion. And like and like it, they just beat you, you know, like when 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 Hannah Brown, like Hannah Brown passed first season, I was like, if she can do this, I got this, you know. Right. And then and I got into it. I was like, oh, this is a beast, you know. And um, because it's not about, you know, like it's it's everyone's own level of, you know, you're in your own competition. It's like golf. So exactly. Exactly. Okay. And so like what I'm going through is super hard for me and maybe it's different for somebody else, you know. And uh, once I did it, man, I had so much more respect for for Hannah and Carly Lloyd. And, and you know, those were the finishers of, you know, last year. Like those people are badass, you know, and um, but. Yeah, I got through it. And then it just gave me even, you know, we got to get a little sliver and taste of what the military goes through. And I just, you know, the amount of respect, you know, I already have is now even a way more above all that. My brother's in the army. I'm like, Jesus, like you guys go through this all, you know, and they don't even get the, much, the, the love and the credit I think they deserve, you know. Totally. Totally. Like you think about Navy SEALs training, like what that must do to your mind. It's an, it's- yeah. It's incredible. Wow. It sounds like a great experience. I mean, how long were you there? Uh, eight days. Eight days. Okay. So they put you, how many people are there? 14 of us. So they put you in a room with Tom Sandoval. Uh, were you aware of everything that was going on? Like, was or there's no time to talk about that nonsense? I didn't know Tom Sandoval. Well, I, I started to understand who Tom Sandoval was because, I mean, everyone in the world, you know, saw the scandal and all that stuff. And um, so I was like, oh, this will be interesting to, you know, be on the show with this guy. And, and uh, I mean, I was, I slept next to the guy. We, our, our bunks were right next to each other, you know, so I got to, got to be around him quite a bit and get to know him, you know, quite well. And, you know, Tom, Tom's an interesting guy. So I think you're a pretty good judge of character. And, He's on a reality show and the bachelor is a rea- or the bachelorette bachelor nation is a reality show, but it's a different type of 
reality show the same way that the apprentice is a different type like there's a goal there's like they only care about pretty much the goal and then there are other things around it but that's what it is whereas bravo type vanderpump or housewives it's kind of a little bit it's a little bit different so my question is and i think it's they're like the unsullied it's their job to create ratings you know it's their job to create drama and ratings and yes the bachelor is like that too bachelor nation is like that too but it's a little different in my opinion from what i've heard so i don't I don't I never really watched Vanderpump Rules until I was interviewing uh, Rachel for my podcast. I did not know what I was walking into. I did not know the explosion that this was going to be. Honestly, it's insane. This 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 thing. But my question to you, you know, I don't know what role they're all playing as characters because the show is in a bar. So my question is, do you think he's a good guy or a bad guy? I think, you know, Tom here's what I tell everyone about the show as I was like, I was like the show strips everyone down to their core. Right. Okay. And mm-hmm. You, and, and you, I think watching the show, you'll change, you'll have a different opinion of how you look and perceive people, you know? Okay. Um, because like Tom gets, had a lot of shit, talked to him, a lot of hate. Um, Nick had a lot of shit, a lot of talk to him, a lot of hate. Like you're going to watch the show and you're going to see like my, my views and perspectives, you know, perspective of them changed. I think Tom, Tom fucked up. Tom, Tom did something you should never do. You should never cheat on your, your woman. You know, like, like we all know that. The problem is mm-hmm. Tom did it and it's broadcasted to, to millions of people. And then the pile right. that we live on and the cancel culture we live on just goes and like, like he got, you know, he, 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 he cheated, but you know, it was treated like murder, you know? And interesting. So you think he's a good guy that does bad things or has done bad things? I mean, I mean, I mean, when he, when he talked, he looked out for everybody there on the show. He was, you know, he would, he would help out, you know, he wouldn't even, you wouldn't even ask for his help and he'd be helping you out. You know, he, like, he was a guy who, you know, it, it, when you're doing this, you need each other. And he was there for everybody that needed him when he needed, you know, sometimes Tom would do some things on his own and Tom would fuck up here and there, you know, Tom makes mistakes. We all make mistakes, you know, on the show and Tom would make mistakes sometimes more than others. But at the end of the day, Tom never had ill intent in his heart towards any of us, towards anyone on the show. He was just there to try and make it better for everybody else. You know, and you could tell like on a survivor, you could tell who Richard Hatch was or wasn't like you're saying you could tell in this experience. It's stripped down a situation. So you feel like you have an accurate. That's very interesting. That's an interesting. So I'm trying yeah. to get at overall where, listen, I if I invested in all those seasons, what I maybe have hated Raquel for what was portrayed but it also is the thing that literally kept the show from cancellation that's been said. And it's been millions and millions, tens and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in profit as a result of that affair. So, you know, and I know that some people, everyone plays a different part and some people are there to be the villain. That may be the only role that they're good at playing or this is what producers are leaning them towards or, or this is what they're making money for. And it was an interesting thing overall because you said that, um, you thought that you thought that she had some sort of a hold on him, Raquel, like that he she was in his heart or his mind or present there. Like he did have a feeling for her, which I was surprised by. Raquel, the new girl. The- Raquel's the girl he had the affair with. Yes. The, not the I. Yeah. Like you, I hadn't seen it until I had to see it. But yeah, Raquel's the one who had an affair with. While he was in a relationship with Ariana, living in, together for 10 years. He definitely talked about her in a positive light and wanted to grow their relationship and wanted to move forward. You know, like he 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 had 
he wanted to try and grow that, you know? And so, I mean, I, I think this show, you'll really get to see a lot of that, you know, you'll see a lot of character development with Tom, you know, I think this was the greatest, this show was probably the best thing for Tom's like in the timing of the situation that Tom was in this Interesting. Show was probably the best thing for him to kind of, and we talked about, you know, a little bit yesterday when I was with him at the event, the premiere to the premiere event, you know, he's like, it kind of gave him that little slap on the ass. Like, all right, you can stop feeling sorry for yourself. You need to go, go move on with your life. You know, like you made your mistakes. You took your beatings. You know what I mean? You need to, you need to move on with your life. How many people do you know, you know, that have cheated on their spouse? You know, they, they have some shame and guilt from about, you know, some people here and there in their community, but they don't have to answer to the whole town or the whole country. Brilliant. Very smart. Very insightful. The woman sometimes, he took it bad. The woman sometimes takes it even worse because she's known as the vixen, the minx, the slut. You know, it's just, so it's interesting. It just was, it has brought up an interesting topic overall, bigger than a reality show. But you, what you say is true. It's something you have to answer to the world. Like it was murder. He's not married. He doesn't have kids. He's on a show fueled by alcohol. I had the same reaction as you, but I just think everyone got hooked into that at that exact moment. Yeah. Um, Something I had something I think is terrible and it's it's awful. Like that's something you know I, I never want to experience with my spouse, you know. But it happens and the pylon culture, the cancel culture, it's so sickening and and people just what you put someone through by doing that, the 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 nasty comments and messages, like it's just it's, to me it's just terrible. People love it. It's gotten really people really enjoy it. You see people enjoying it. Um, so I didn't, so do you think you would have been a professional athlete? You threw out your shoulder and you said, I got to have a new path. And I didn't realize like how seriously on the path you were. Yeah. I, I think there, a couple of things messed up my path. Um, um, three things I'd say, I'd say, uh, probably the wrong guidance early on about what positions and things I should be playing, you know, um, two, I was a knucklehead party boy, loved to have, like, I had my first taste of freedom and I went wild in college. And uh, didn't really focus like I could have. Um, and then three injuries. You know, I, I tore my knees, tore my left knee twice, tore my right knee once, tore both my shoulders, tore both my hips. Wow. I was just hanging on by threads pretty much when I was trying to go pro with the Ravens. Wow. Wow. But that's still your first love in a way because you said that that was your sort of dream. Yeah, I'm a competitor. I love sports. I love you know, I love football. I love competing. That's why I love this show because, I mean, it was it was, it was competition. Uh, you know, it, it was competing. It was camaraderie. It was being in the locker room again. Like, I love, I love that stuff. And, you know, it's when you get away from it, you miss it. You, I, that was my whole life, you know? Yeah, I love that. And that, and I love those those articles that say the 25 things you didn't know about someone. I was a good debater in high school, too. So you were a good debater. Because why? Because you're organized with your thoughts and you just, what, what's the reason for that? Because there's a certain type that's a good debater. I had a really good partner. Bethany. <laughs> oh, you weren't good on your own? No, uh, I mean, I only I, I debated in the ACC debate champion once. My buddy was uh, was one of the top debaters in the country, and he had me come do it. And and once I caught a rhythm after like, the first couple of debates, then I became actually pretty good. Uh, but as I was also able to speak about a topic that I felt, you know, passionate about, and uh, it was about student-athletes, with, if they could receive monetary compensation. And I, I was, I mean, now they're all getting paid. You know, it's funny we're talking about this six years ago in debate. Um, but so I was able to be passionate about it, give, you know, first, you know, true life examples. Um, so we crushed it. It was, it was awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, 
you have a love for food. I see you're a foodie. You get really passionate. I'm the same. Like you love to get the find and taste the taste. And is it really what it's supposed to be? Do you are you still doing that? Like just for fun? Are you still obsessed with that? I'm big on food. Um, I'm right now. I'm trying to be my my domesticated Tyler era. So I'm trying to go to like the grocery store now and cook my own food and, and clean and and do all those things at the house. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love food. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of become a steak snob. Uh, you know, I'm like, ah, I could, this is expensive. I could probably make this better at home, you know? A steak, you mean in the preparation or in like the Wagyu or the Japanese, like or in the preparation uh, you're talking about? I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I like the Wagyu stuff, but I, I like, you know, I'm uh, I'm a New York strip guy. I like my... I'm a New York strip guy too. With the, You like the bone or off I the like bone? off the bone. Okay, because I'm a New York strip person too. Where's your favorite place to get uh, so steak? My favorite place to get steak, there's a, there's a place in town in Jupiter called Evo. If you're ever down... Okay. They do the dry age uh, New York strips. Amazing. Um, but uh, charred medium. Like what's your temperature or you do medium rare? Medium rare. You're medium rare. Um, do you make it at home with like the head of garlic and then you start it off in the in the skillet and then you finish it in the oven or because it's harder in the grill. The grill is good, but the grill I don't think is as good as like the skillet pan roast. I don't thing. know. You have to, so I do the green eggs. So I charcoal like it's. it's Oh, you do love the green yeah, I'm egg. I love the green egg with it, and it's nice. But that green egg makes a difference in the cooking yeah, technique. Yeah, so, uh, but and I can still do the same because the green egg gets so hot. So I put it in there. You know, I get it. You know, you know, around two fifty, three fifty. Then I get it to my temperature that I needed to pull it off, and then I get that green egg to like five hundred, six hundred degrees, and then I I char it nicely on the on the outside. That's like the Peter Lugers because they have those old hot ovens and that's that trip. You've been to Lugers, right? They have that old like, yeah. All right. I'm going to I might get the green egg if it's that you tell me that big of a difference. OK, so wow. I, never, I never cook on propane ever again. Green egg is where to go. Wow. OK, I, I'm going to. All right. I got to write that down. I mean, I knew about it, but I just forgot that I knew about it. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So dating, would you do you online date? Was that a ridiculous question? Like, how do you meet people and how do you deal with trust issues? Those, you know, I try like the Raya app. I've tried. I've done some. I've done some dating. Um, you know, uh, dating has changed a lot for me. Uh, probably in the past year and a half, two years. Um, you know, I, I dated. You know, I dated the models. I dated the influencers. I did all that. Um, and then I was like, I'm kind of stepped away from dating for a while, and then. I'm now putting myself back out there, but my whole perspective on it changed. At, at first, I was always like, I got to date somebody with a name and this, and she's got to be cool. She's got to be hot. She's got to be all this. And now I'm just trying to date somebody. You know, Steve Harvey, who I like to listen to, um, he uh, he said, and it was simple. It was, uh, he said, women are like an elevator button. They can either bring you up or they can bring you down. And I, I look at everyone I meet now, I'm like, can they bring me up in life or they can, or are they going to bring me down in life? And... Um, you know, are they going to match my morals, my values, all those things? And it's just broken down to a very simple way. And I can tell within two, three dates if it's going to be up or down type of woman for me. And uh, that's kind of how I look at things now. I look at dating celebrities because I've met celebrities before and dabble, not like you. You've I mean, you date. Although Gigi seems like a, a class act. I, I've met her mom, her sister sort of is a fan of mine, but she seems like a class act, but uh, like a different level than dating the influencers from my perspective. But I would think that that would just feel like a lot thinking of who you are, where you come from and how grounded you are. Even if a person's amazing, it would seem like you're in some machine. Like you just have to like deal with all that. Someone's got constant glam and social media and teams and entourages. And I would think that that would be overwhelming. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I, I, I want a simple life. Like I, I, I want to, I want to create a lot of opportunity and do a lot of things and make a lot of money so I can do the things I want to do, which is not much. I want to, I want, I guess I want to coach high school football. I want to live by the water. I want to be able to be on my boat. You know, I want to have some land too. So it's like, I, I, I want to find someone that fits into that lifestyle. And I've been back home. I've been dating back home, which, you know, I'm not dating celebrities. I'm not dating influencers. You know, I'm dating just people, you know, and um, I've loved it. It's been a good change and it's been very healthy. And, uh, you know, I've, I've it's, it's, it's getting a lot better for me. What's the age range? I'm just thinking because I, I went to Pinecrest. I don't know if you know that. Do you know that? Yeah. You went to Pinecrest? Yeah, I went to Pinecrest. So I spent a, I spend a lot of time in Florida, but I went to high school in Florida. But what's the age range? I, I probably I so I, I, I it used to be like young. Know, twenty two was like my last girlfriend, um, but now I'm like it's got to be like twenty seven, twenty six, and above. Do you date older? Yeah, I would. Okay, uh, I'll think about it. 
Um, not that you asked me to, but you never know. So it's good to be set. It's good to be set up. I mean, I would say that's a decent, decent way. And I actually, I think online is good. Okay. Do you care? I don't love dating someone who's heavily into social media or being in a relationship. I don't like that, which is a double standard, but there's one peacock, I guess, in this relationship. I don't like, it turns me off. What do you think about that? I honestly, that's one of the things like we, we, me and my buddies, we all joke. That's a green flag for us. It's like, you know, if they're, if they're off social media, they don't they don't care about that life because that life is so consuming. I hate social media. I, I, I hire people to do my social media, you know, because I don't want to be on it. You know, I don't want to. You're think about- doing, I, by the way, no one would believe me. I, I if I like retire when I retire, which won't be that long, I wouldn't be doing it at all. I never understood it from the beginning. I never understood telling people what you're eating, where you are. And I do it a lot, but it's become a vehicle, as you know, and you do it, too. But it's like a really vicious cycle. I could throw this thing away down the road and then get a flip phone and not to worry about the internet on my phone. That would be the biggest. It'll happen soon. Keep with the restaurants. I like this for you. Restaurants, fishing, you got a whole program. Yeah, it's a tool, but, and I'll use it for now. But, uh, but yeah, if, if she's not on social media, that's a huge plus, you know, if she's not on it much, it's great. You know, that's a green flag. I haven't used that. Not a red flag. It's a green flag if someone doesn't have it. So about the bachelorette experience, um, it seems like it was an amazing experience for you. It seems like you did it to find love and also just for an adventure. Like you seem like that type of person. You are competitive, as you said. Um, and in reading about it, I think like you really did want to propose. Like you wanted to quote unquote win, but not really just for the show. But it seems like you really thought you could have a life together. Is that really like you, you were not a little bit freaking out that it might happen and that you might have to deal with it. Thinking about if it would really last, like what was going on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, of course I was freaking out like that morning when I was getting ready to propose, I was, I was sick to my stomach. I was nervous. It was butterflies. You know what I mean? Because I mean, this is a big step in my life, but I knew if like, if it was meant for me, it would happen, you know, and, and we'd figure it out, you know? And so, I was excited. It was a big day. I got, you know, I was definitely like in that, I was in bubble love for sure. I was ready to fall in love with that girl and, and, you know, like, and, 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 you know, hopefully build a future. And it, it, it didn't work out that way. And, you know, and if it would have worked out, you know, who knows what could have happened, you know? Um, But, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to. And it was a blessing. Um, It didn't, you know, but, and you're still friends. You still have a good relationship. Yeah, still have a good relationship, still friends. Um, you know, she's great. Um, uh, you know, she just got engaged, so I'm very excited for her. And I just want her to be happy. She seems great. I just wonder, like, what, you know, it what it was meant to be also because she's wanted this life in entertainment and you want a girl who wants to be, like, in Jupiter on your boat. So it, that's a part of it, too. Like, she went on the ride. No, no disrespect to her. I think she's wonderful. And she's got a podcast. and She's got a whole thing going. She was amazing. I just think life is interesting. Um, but I just wanted to know that you genuinely really wanted it. Not because I care, not because I'm, like, a big fan of this. I'm just curious that, like, if what I was watching was that you really were into it. But you're right. I, Gabby Windy came on the podcast, and she did talk about the bubble. And it makes sense. I've been in a situation where I'm going to be married on TV. I'm having a baby on TV. And it's not something you can control that is different. It's like it's on steroids, the experience you're having. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, and that's one thing I always told myself is like, one of the, my favorite coaches sayings was be where your feet are. And, and I would be on his luxurious, you know, dates and doing the craziest things. But I always would tell myself, 
remember what you're here for. Like, get to know this girl. Don't worry about this dates and don't fall in love with the scene and the setting. Fall in love with this person, you know. And um, and you know that was kind of what kept me grounded and kept me kept me into it. And and I liked her. She was she was an amazing girl. Like, I fell in love with her on the show. And and you know, I thought we could have had something special. And when it, when it didn't happen. It was a, it was, a, it was a lot of emotions. I was upset. I, I, I talked to my book how I cried walking down the steps in Greece from my resort, you know. And I was like, uh, it was, it was, I was emotional because, you know, with her, I was upset it didn't work out because I really wanted to work out. And then also, like in my life, I've always come this close to so many things, you know, football, that relationship. So many things in my life was has been right here. Mm. Just, yeah, and uh, so that was just like, damn. Uh, here I am again, you know. That's interesting. I get that. I, I really get that. That's funny. Do you still feel that way now or you don't think of things that way coming this close? Um, You know, it's it's a great reminder because I think a lot of the reasons why I always ended up here was certain things in my preparation or things I didn't do right or, you know, things I can reflect on that I can be better at uh, in the future. So hopefully I can close the gap on other things in life down the road. And I read that there is, I can't imagine why they wouldn't ask you to be the host. I'm not, I don't know that you would want that. I spoke to Chris Harrison on here, but I think you would be so great. You're you're funny. You're smart. You think before you speak. You're polished. You're solid. I, I mean, you know the, the whole game. And has that ever come up? Like, would you do that? To what, host the show? Yeah. I mean, no, it has, it has not come up. But I, I, mean, I would love to. It's the greatest job in the world. You travel around the world. You, sit, you say like three sentences an episode and then you're out. You know, like I think you should have that job. I just would like you to have that job. I want you to I just I'm saying yeah. that right now. I think you I, I can't think of a reason why you wouldn't have that job. I'd like yeah. that job for you. It would be great. It'd be. I think, you know, they probably want me to go through the bachelor lead first to get to that point. But well, Chris know. Harrison wasn't a bachelor. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Palmer was. I guess that's where I'm thinking. But yeah. Yeah. I'm, no. I. It's okay. Well, there's a lot of things that happen differently. I. I don't know. I'm putting that out there. I think you're obvious, and I don't know why it's not. It hasn't been said like formally or officially. Uh, and ABC called you a feminist, and you kind of felt like that was flattering, but you were being called a feminist for just being sort of an honorable, an honorable man that's doing the right thing. I don't think I. I, I was just doing the respectful right thing. You know. It's so true. And I have a 13 year old daughter and it starts really young, meaning the way that the girls treat each other and kiss the other person's boyfriend and the way that the boys act like punks, etc. And it's really um, I don't want to say it's a full time job. It's a consistent job of me to really talk to her about how you should be treated like it's something to and not to just. Oh, that guy's a jerk. Don't. I mean, to really like get into emotionally what you deserve and you, you should never settle for less than what you deserve. And it's a lot of I think that mothers need to start that really early with their own experiences, sharing their own experiences and like dynamics, because I feel like it's working. My daughter likes the nice sort of almost not dorky, but like the cute, nice boys that are really sweet to her and like have the glasses and come up and like give her a flower versus like there are young punks at that. You know, she's 13. And um and I like that. I feel very proud of that because it is an open dialogue and it requires a lot of conversation and a lot of uh, listening and watching what they're doing and who they're talking to. And it starts really early. It does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just all about I, I, I get on my brothers, my boys, you know, I, I was like, we, we never treat them like this. You know, like this is, 
you know, like we we're, we're protectors and all our friends were such, we're, we have such tight girlfriend groups, you know, and that, I think that's where it all started is like having a really great platonic relationship with a, with a girl. So then you can respect them. You can, you can be there for them. You can hear what they're going through and also be a voice for them on the other end of it too, you know? And so it's just, if I'm in a relationship with a girl, if I'm, you know, I'm seeing a girl, it, it, that person's important to me and I'm going to treat that person like I treat my best friends. It's funny. My fiance is like that. He's he has a code and it's down to the little things like he would never in a restaurant look over and be like, oh, she's hot. Or if I even say, do you think she's attractive? He won't even comment like he has sort of a code and just a way that he thinks that you're supposed to respect. Not a way that you're supposed to a way that he does respect a woman and me. And it's really safe. Yeah. You know, it's really safe. He's not one of these. I've dated the hot shot. It's really exciting all the time. Feels like you're driving with no brakes and everything's a party. And, you know, he's a very solid, loving, amazing partner. And it's it's just different. And I you know, you it's different. Nothing worse than feeling insecure in your relationship. Uh, insecure. And like I use that with like you're driving with no brakes. Like you're kind of like you know, you're ahead of yourself and it seems good. And it's just, it's something feels uncomfortable. Yeah. It feels unsafe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, totally. I've been those and they're, they're miserable. They're terrible. You know, um, they're anxiety filled and driven and you know, it's, it's, it's not good. Well, I think you're a oh, one last question. I think you're great. I really do. I wanted to have you on here since the beginning. I liked you from the minute I met you. I liked you from watching you on TV. I was right in telling my friend that you would uh, go the distance as just a human being and, and not being like every other guy. And I think you deserve all your success. I genuinely do. So I'm really grateful you came on. I can't wait to see all the things you're doing. I want to see the business deck and I want to, you know, we'll get together hopefully in Florida or when you, you know, come to New York. Um, but I wanted to ask you uh, your rose and thorn of your career. My rose and thorn. Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, my rose will, so my rose would be probably the foundation I started. Um, we started a foundation honor my mom and, uh, you know, I'm able to now give kids full scholarships to go to school and we're paying for, you know, full tuition. Now we have seven girls right now and none of this would be possible if it wasn't for my career mm-hmm. in, this, in this world. Um, it's a way to, to shine a light on my mom still, because this is what she did for everyone in our community was finding ways to help them go to college. Um, so I think, you know, the culmination of everything that this world and this career has brought me has been able to, you know, allow me to impact others. And to me, that's how I was raised. You know, like my mom, she always did everything for everyone in our community. My dad's the same way. And so the rose is being able to take everything that I've gotten in this world and then give it to others. Um, the thorn would probably be dealing with my phone and like social media. Uh, to me, that's the hardest thing, you know, um, it's, it's just a pain. There's, you know, it's, I've never had anxiety, depression, any of that stuff until I had this following in this phone. And, um, I think that's been my biggest thorn and, you know, like, you know, comments and things like that, like th- those things as much as you want to say they don't get to you, those things do get to you at times. And those things make you trigger shy and to not post or be who you want to be on there, you know? Yeah, not be on. This world is such bullshit where they act like you. Oh, be honest. You have to be yourself. This is the time now, 2023. You can be free and be open. And, every, and it's the opposite. It's the time for fear. 
I, I post about things that matter, things that I care about. And I post about things that help grow, you know? And, and so I think it's just, you know, that'd be my biggest thorn is just dealing with the anxiety and drama of social media. I feel bad for people like Raquel and like Tom that, you know, they fucked up, but they, 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 you know, they, and then they get crucified forever. Like that stuff has to end. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny that, um, you're a person that I, if I look at your social media, I think you've, that you're you're a perfect example because you are a person that I look at your social media. It seems perfect. Seems like you don't care at all, and you're just natural at it, and everything goes your way. And then you tell me this, and it actually makes me feel like you're human. And wow, it's happening to you too. Because if it's happening to you, a person that looks like you've got it so locked and it's so perfect, and you're just that guy that like everything works out for. It. Not 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 belittling your experiences, just meaning you post something, it looks cool, millions of people like it, and you're good looking, and you're working out, and it's perfect like that's what I see so now that I hear that there's anxiety behind it you know I don't want to say it makes me feel better because misery doesn't love company but it's relatable so I appreciate you sharing that because I really do get it it's frightening um I you're the best so it's thank you for doing this I I, good luck with the show and your book is amazing everyone buy it it's really insightful and well written and I can't wait to see what happens next I'm happy for you I I mean I appreciate you it's always good catching up with you Bethany and thank you for having me on here you know check out our show on special forces uh September 25th um whatever you need from me Bethany I'm always here so likewise Tyler's book is you deserve better and you do and the book is amazing thank you Tyler I can't wait to talk to you again Thank you. Talk to you soon. Have a good day. Tyler Cameron is wonderful. I met him years ago. He is, I don't even like saying he's a pretty face because he's so much more than a pretty face. He's interesting. He's textured. He's intelligent. He's well spoken. He thinks before he speaks. He's methodical. He's a class act. He's a family person. He's, he's wonderful. I can't say a negative thing about Tyler. He's just, I really like him and I will help him in any way. Like I'm I'm team Tyler Cameron all day long. And I would love to have a son like that. Like that's amazing. He's wonderful. comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.